was a giant When I was just a kid I was always trying To do everything he did I can still remember Every lesson he taught me Growing up, learning how to be Like my old man He was a lion We were a father's pride But I was defiant When he made me walk the line He knew how to lift me up And when to let me fall Looking back, he always had a plan My old man My old man Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Ed Leadership and Beyond. This is Andrew Murata, and I'm very excited uh, this morning for our Father's Day show. He was a giant, and uh, I'm lucky to have two giants in my life talking about my father, who I lost back in 2008, uh, but we have a very special guest on the program in our next segment is my father-in-law, Mr. Eugene Grimes. Welcome, everybody, to our Father's Day show. Happy to be back. I have my man Gavin Burt here. He helped us get, through, get me through the first show last weekend. Hey, good morning, Gavin. Good morning. Glad to be here. Gavin, thanks uh, for getting us started last week. I know you made me sound great on the radio, cleaning me up. Gavin, how long have you been involved with radio? About 20 years, although it's about uh, 12 and a half. I've worked for Bud Williamson and uh, his companies here. And we're on WDLC Country 107.7 today, Wall Radio as well as W-Y-N-Y. That's right. You got my back there. Thanks, uh, Gavin. You're welcome. I appreciate you cleaning it up last week and taking out all sure. the uhs and ahs. So that's my man Gavin Burt helping produce the show. And he rocked out with my old man, Zach Brown Band, and I asked him to play that specifically for both of my fathers. Uh, again, Mr. Joe Murata and my father-in-law, Mr. Eugene Grimes, who is, uh, is, is just like my father if not even closer now. So this is Ed Leadership and Beyond. Again, Andrew Murata. I'm the principal at Port Jervis High School and uh, got started with this radio show. It's a, a spinoff of my book. I'm going to have a book out in September entitled The Principal, Surviving and Thriving, 125 Points of Wisdom, Practical Tips, and Relatable Stories for All School Principals. And in the process of writing that book, it got me thinking and working on some different projects outside of my office and outside of school on leadership and life and uh, becoming a better person. And it really opened my eyes and ears to a lot of things. So we started this program. And this program here, again, is dedicated to my father and to Eugene Grimes. And we're going to talk about a couple things in this first segment uh, regarding my dad and uh, some of the life lessons that he taught me. So I have uh, some notes here regarding my father. Again, his name was Joe Murata. And I lost my dad in 2008. Uh, we grew up in Staten Island, New York. Uh, I have three brothers and sisters, and there's a fourth in there, and I'll tell that story in a little bit. Uh, but he's married to my mom, Dorothy Murata, 
and uh, my sister Suzanne, my sister Maureen, and my brother Paul, uh, again, raised uh, near the ferry in Staten Island, New York. And my dad was a local pharmacist. He, uh, he ran the pharmacy there in Staten Island, and uh, I learned just a ton of lessons from my dad, and uh, I think about him every day. And, and having this show, Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving, really uh, coming into my own as a principal, and, and writing this book, I reflected on so many of the lessons that my father taught me and uh, life experiences I, I had. So five points uh, that I wanted to touch on regarding my father today and, and things that he had taught me and experiences I've had with him and since we've lost him. So the first one is, is your family. It, it all revolves around your family and whether your father is still alive or not and you're out there listening whether you were close with your father or not. Uh, my dad certainly taught myself and my siblings that your family is the most important thing out there. And you can pick your friends, but you can't pick your family. And you need to support and you need to love one another beyond all things. And, and I learned that uh, through so many different experiences and th- different things that happened in my life. And I'll, I'll tell two quick stories. One is I remember when I was about 12 or 13 years old and uh, I was going to one of my first parties and again, my dad owned his own pharmacy and he did it the best he can to make ends meet and to make sure we had food on the table and uh, we were able to go to school and have all the school supplies and and money for baseball and activities. We, We had everything we needed and we didn't want for anything. And one of the areas he kind of skimped in was a car. We were always borrowing cars and using different cars. And we had this cruddy car one time. And I, like I said, I think it was in eighth grade. And, and we went to a party in a wealthy area in Staten Island. And the car was pretty beat up. And I remember us saying, Dad, you could just drop me off on the corner, Dad. You, you don't have to drive all the way down there. He said, no, no, I'll take you. And I said, Dad, no, you don't have, you know, it's okay. And deep down inside, I was a little embarrassed uh, by that we were in that car. And my dad quickly realized he was pretty sharp. That was the reason why I didn't want him to drop me off. And my father pulled over and grabbed me by the collar and pulled me right up close to his face. I could still see his, the beard marks and, and, and being so close to the skin on his face. And he said, don't you ever be embarrassed by your family. This is the car we have and this is the car I can afford. And that's what it is. And don't you ever be embarrassed by your family. And I, and I remember that story and, it, you know, it still pains me that I was embarrassed to be in that car with my dad. I would give anything to be in a car with my dad right now. And I remember that story uh, and I, I keep it close to me. Don't ever be embarrassed by your family. You celebrate your family and you make it the best it could be. Another quick story. My sister went to University of Cortland. She was up there and it was her first year. And she went to the semi-formal early in the year, and then the next morning at breakfast, there was a young man who was spreading rumors about my sister, saying that uh, she had slept with him and done some different things with him, and she was embarrassed and crying, and it was her first year away from home, and um, she called my parents and told them what happened. Upset by this, my parents listened to her and just told her, Maureen, everything will be okay. Little did my sister know that my father jumped in the car drove three and a half, four hours up to Cortland, knocked on her door early the next morning, morning, and the famous line Maureen tells me is he said, Maureen, show me that boy. 
And Maureen took my father into the cafeteria. She's a freshman in college, University of Cortland, and walked in there with my dad. And my sister pointed out the young man that was telling the tall tales. And uh, he said, Maureen, you have a good day, and I love you. And uh, off he went, and he, he spoke to the young man, and Maureen saw my dad and the young man walk out of the cafeteria. Uh, then later that afternoon, uh, she got an apology from that young man and, and never was bothered by him again. So I'd love to know what that conversation was. But uh, again, my dad was out there protecting his family. And uh, I never knew that story until uh, he had passed away. But I was very impressed by by that. So the number one thing, uh, again, I learned from my family, uh, my father is to honor your family and celebrate your family and keep it number one in your life. The next thing my father did uh, was so much about being involved in the community. He was so invested in, in the community in Staten Island. He was the community board one chairman, uh, and he gave of, of his time and talents to that community and fought for things. He helped develop that downtown area uh, by the ferry, uh, bringing in businesses and, and different things that, that benefit the community. And uh, he really fought for that community and, and tried to make it a better place. I watched my dad come home from many a meeting and, and many a function uh, in his shirt and tie and, and, and as that community board chairman. And I'll always forget that. And here in my life, we're trying to, trying to juggle all the things that I have going on between my job and my, my family and the refereeing and the book writing, but also to invest uh, in the community. And even though I don't live in Port Jervis, I do my best to try to be involved in community events and, and try to make this place a, a better place. Uh, we ended last week's show with go out and change the world, and I forgot to leave off the lines and make it a better place, and, and that's what my dad taught me about, uh, about the community. The third is uh, value your education. Uh, my parents ensured we had the best education. We went to the best schools. Uh, they made us go all the time. I, I laugh now when kids come late to school. I don't laugh. It's not funny, but I laugh to myself when these kids give me excuses of why they can't come to school. And I remember going to Catholic school. There was a huge snowstorm and we rolled up. There was nobody around. Nothing was plowed. We're banging on the, banging on the door. It took us two hours to get there. And the nuns are looking at us, says, you marauders are like the, uh, are like the mail carriers. You, you're here in the rain, sleet, snow, and school is canceled. And we Actually had uh, breakfast with the nuns uh, at school there. I remember that. I was with my cousins, uh, Jennifer and Denise Bollinger as well. And uh, my father always made us value education. I remember the one time I got in trouble. Yes, family and friends that are listening, students that might be listening, parents that might be listening. I did get in trouble. Not just once, but I'll certainly tell this one story on the radio. Uh, there was a food fight in the school. And uh, the principal, I got in trouble. I certainly took part. I did get in trouble. And uh, the principal had about eight boys in the office. There were girls who threw food, but they didn't get uh, called in there. I'm in the office, and the principal made uh, each person call their home and get picked up that they're being suspended. And I remember calling my father, telling him what happened, and there was a long pause on the phone. And he said, Andrew, you got yourself in trouble? you get out of it. And he hung up the phone and the principal stood there and just uh, could not believe that he wasn't coming. And, 
you know, but it taught me the lesson of I better not get in trouble in school and better not uh, uh, screw up in school. He always told me, I will pay for your college education just one time. So I knew uh, in order to go to college and have my parents pay for it that I had to get it right. Um, so those are uh, some, some of the life lessons I learned in education. Uh, also uh, about your faith. Uh, we grew up Catholic. And whatever your faith is, who's ever listening out there to, to invest in your faith uh, and, and go all out. Um, our parents made us go to church. When my father wasn't there with us, he used to ask us what the homily was what color the vestments were. We had to bring home the, uh, the pamphlet that they would give at church, uh, but always made us get involved with church. And who would have known, years later, I volunteered with the church. I got to live in Italy for a year because of the relationships I developed uh, with the church. And uh, I volunteered with the Augustinian Volunteers. A friend of mine, Father Joe Mistardi, was our pastor, and he got us involved with that. And uh, I always remember those times very fondly. I even thought about being a priest one day. Um, but I fell in love with my wife and took a different direction. But be involved in your church. Engage in the church, and, and your faith uh, will carry you through. I'm, I'm here with my man, Eugene Grimes, my father-in-law. And we attend church each Sunday, and I know he's a man of strong faith as well. Lastly, I wanted to talk about a, a, a powerful experience I had uh, with my father, and uh, that was watching his health change later in life. My dad was a pharmacist and was involved in the medical field his whole life, um, but he was also diabetic. And, and with that diabetes, I watched him struggle with the ups and downs of the sugar and his eating, and it was, it was quite challenging. Later in life, he needed a kidney transplant, and my brother stepped up. My brother Paul gave him a kidney in, in, in there, and um, we say it was like Forrest Gump. Anyone who's seen the movie Forrest Gump, when he gets off the porch and he and he steps out. My dad started walking, and he comes to us and says, I'm going to run the marathon. And we said, what? Dad, you're blind? You're out of shape? You're not an athlete? How are you going to do that? He said, I'm going to do it. And my dad committed himself to getting in shape and, and, and becoming in, in good shape to honor that kidney that my brother had given him. And he became a marathon, not runner, but walker. And with the group of called Achilles, which helps handicapped runners. We did four marathons together. And each year his time got better, and each year he trained harder, and what a great experience. And I want to share with all the listeners out there, um, on YouTube, the day my dad passed away, there is a video. If you type in Joe Murata Marathon on YouTube, Joe Murata Marathon, it's about nine and a half minutes. Our good friend... Ahmed uh, filmed it. He was with us. And uh, there is a uh, video montage of, of us doing the marathon with my dad. Again, sponsored by the group Achilles. What a great experience. What a great gift I have of that video. And, and sadly, he did pass away afterwards at the age of 66. He always says he did want to die at home. And, and he did. And I lost my dad uh, November 2nd, 2008. And uh, I miss him very much. So... If you're interested, again, go to YouTube, check that out, Joe Murata Marathon. It's on, it's on YouTube, nine and a half minutes. And this show is dedicated to all the fathers out there, to all the sons out there. Uh, you are our first leaders. Again, the name of the show is Ed Leadership and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving, and doing the best we can in our lives, Surviving and Thriving. 
I did want to give a shout out to my family and my father today. Uh, but I'm excited that I have a great guest today on show number two, Eugene Grimes. He's my father-in-law. We're going to talk family. We're going to talk faith. We're going to talk about his daughters. He's got three beautiful daughters. One of them happens to be my wife. And uh, I'm so happy and so proud to have him on and so lucky that uh, he's my father-in-law. So we're going to take a commercial break right now, and we'll be back with our guest, Eugene Grimes. Thanks, everyone. someone told you to do something, you did it. Bam, right on. No questions asked. It was yes, sir, and yes, ma'am. You never said no, you know? <laughs> But you know, things are changing nowadays. It's a new day, babies. Folks want to take their own lives into their hands and make their own choices. No longer do they want to go along with the program because everybody says right. You know what I mean? Let me tell you what I'm talking about. You see, because I don't want no For working 50 years from nine to five. Oh, while the boss is guzzling champagne and I'm building beer in some dive. Cause I want to be happy and free, living and loving for me. I want to be happy and free, living and loving for me. Like a natural man
And welcome back, everybody. This is Ed Leadership and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. Thanks for bringing us back, Gavin. That was Lou Rawls, and we had that intro music from my man, Mr. Eugene Grimes. He's our guest today on the show, and he is a fantastic guy. He's an exceptional leader, and he happens to be my father-in-law, so I'm going to be on my best behavior Welcome, Mr. Grimes. Morning, Angel. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I'm thrilled uh, that you're here with us, and thanks for coming on the show. My pleasure. Thank you. It's a Father's Day show, and uh, I opened with some stories about my dad. And again, if you are interested to get out there looking on YouTube, Joe Murata Marathon, and uh, I was happy to share those stories. But Mr. Grimes, I'm, I'm thrilled you're here. Mr. Grimes, I want to ask you some questions about fathership, fatherhood, leadership and, and some things from your life. So let's start, uh, again, it's a Father's Day show, and uh, let's start with, with fatherhood. You you have raised three beautiful young ladies. I won't argue there. <laughs> Jennifer, uh, uh, Susan, and Kelly. Jennifer uh, Marada now happens to be my wife. Uh, but you raised three exceptional, beautiful young ladies. For our listening audience out there, tell us about uh, you being a father to those great uh, girls and growing up in Staten Island. Well, you grew up in Brooklyn, but mm. raising them in Staten Island. Tell us about that. Uh, it was really great. Because raised in Brooklyn, we had a four-room apartment. We had eight people in there. So it was a little tight. And now we moved to Staten Island. It was like seven heaven. We had our own house. And each of my kids had their bedroom. Well, two shared. but And it was just nice to see. It was much more relaxing. At one time, I thought I was going to be a macho man. I said, I only want boys. But I tell you, my girls changed me, made me a better man. Quick. They, yeah, they, uh, they, you, you can't treat them the same way you, you do boys, you know? And, and we're on the radio, boss. I, I'm certainly, our listening audience for probably in seconds could tell you were from Brooklyn. Uh, but you say a macho man. You're a tough Irish guy. If you shook hands with my father-in-law, you know he is a, a tough guy. He's got hands of steel. Where did that soft side come from, boss? How did you, where did that come from? Uh, and, between and, my loving wife and my kids. You know, they. You're going to start crying on the radio? <laughs> we just started here. Uh, you got to start crying. Where's that tissue? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm kidding. Well, I know, Tell and me. I know where your heart is, boss, and uh, uh, we've been together now 25 years. I started, luckily, dating your daughter in 1992, and I know. You have a soft spot for your family, and I can see even now you're getting emotional. But stick with me here on the radio. They can't okay. hear your tears crying. Yeah. <laughs> Let me put those sunglasses on. Yeah. Now, that, you could see at the dinner table when you, when you do grace. I try to do it. I can't get through because the love is there so much, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I know uh, you are a role model not only for your daughters. One of the things in my notes I have down here, Mr. Grimes, and, and I finally call him boss. When uh, we got married, I kind of asked him, what, you know, what, you know, and we started out with Mr. Grimes, but really he's the boss and he's the boss of the family. He was the boss on his job, which we'll get to. He's retired from the New York City Transit Authority. Uh, but boss, one of the things I want to ask you, again, with such a big family and, and, and you know, New York City, I've been around you a long time. Your daughters obviously love you. They tease you a little bit, but I've never heard someone utter an ill word about you. Nephews, nieces distant cousins, people you work with, family friends, my family that got, has gotten to know and love you. Where does that come from, that, that 
Not one person could talk ill about you. Uh, that's easy because I know a guy that knows a guy that takes care of. No, no, it's <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. You you have to be positive, be firm, and be fair in life. And I have a belief that when somebody cares for you, it's they treating you nice. But if they're really a nice person, they treat everybody nice. And that's a firm belief that that I know they're sincere. You know, some people are just nice because they like you. But what about the next guy that, you know, he's just as good, you know, so. Well, you've always showed great patience, and you said that great, positive, firm, and fair. You've certainly been that with me, as well as your other two son-in-laws, Ronnie Bentley, who's married to Kelly, and Rich Bella is uh, marrying your daughter, Susan. We're excited. We're going to to Jamaica, man. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. So, boss, again, back to your three daughters. Tell me, what's been the greatest successes that you've seen in them and, and some of the greatest enjoyments um, and uh, you know and some of the greatest challenges also I know you've taken a lot of hair out of the drain over the years uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. what has also been some of the challenges uh, raising three beautiful daughters well I was glad that they wanted to go to college they went to college uh, my middle daughter didn't finish it wasn't for her you know mm-hmm. uh, but bottom line they went and I was glad my wife uh, She's the strong matriarch of the family, you know. I, I just, yes, ma'am. But <laughs> she, she, my my youngest daughter, Kelly, wanted to go to a private school. And when you work for the transit diary, it's like working and getting a fixed income, you know. <laughs> you just can't expand the expensive things. So we told her no, no, and she went anyway. And we went, I had talked with the, the college, me and my wife, and they said, yeah, we'll take her. And she got a scholarship on uh, her athletics and, uh, Scholastics, you know. So. University of New Haven yeah. ran track. We yeah. met, met your son-in-law Ronnie right. there, right. and yeah. uh, he played baseball. Yeah, right. They had a great experience there. Yeah. How about the challenges, boss? What were some things that that you and your wife struggled with? Uh, we know it's not easy. And again, that's what I want on the show. I want to talk about being better parents, being well, better leaders. The, th- the one thing that both of us, me and my wife, instructed to her: you could tell us anything. You have to tell us the truth, though. If you lie, that's like spitting in your face, mm-hmm. you know? My mother always used to say, you can trust a thief, but you can't trust a liar, you know? Uh, never, you never know what they're going to come from. So tell me you got in trouble. Tell me what it is, and we can adjust to it. We have to pay a fine. We pay a fine. Whatever, whatever it is, but get the truth out. And, you know, I, 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 I always told the truth. Sometimes... It got me in trouble because people didn't want to hear the truth. So I, then I used to tell my wife, she used to say, you know, be a little tactful. And I said, well, this is the way I talk, you know. It's, but I, I'd said, if they don't want to hear the truth, don't ask me. That's it, you know. Yeah. And Mr. Grimes, uh, I remember my wife Jennifer telling me, uh, you know, she had an older sister. I know you and your wife lost a child, and, and the doctor told you and your wife that oh, you yeah. weren't going to be able to have children. Oh, yeah. my God. Uh, and then, so was, tell us, how'd you get through that? How did you and your wife get through that? And then, uh, you know, by the miracle and the grace we, of God. By the grace of God is right. Uh, we, we prayed. I, I don't know who prayed more, my, my wife or me. And it was such a firm statement that they made. No, no, you, you never again. So about a year after that, my sister-in-law knew a doctor. You know, and the guy is supposed to have like golden hands. He checked that eyes. Yeah, go ahead. So uh, we proved that first doctor wrong three times. Three know? times over. 
Well, and I'm certainly glad you had uh, Jen and, uh, you know, uh, she's uh, a sweetheart and takes care of me and uh, you know, it's all good. Boss, I remember, you know, one of the things about being a father, and I know this day will probably come for me, but the 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 guy dating the daughter has to ask the father to for permission to marry the daughter. And I certainly remember what you told me. Uh, you know, you graciously said yes. Uh, but you told me that Andrew, uh, about show some patience, show some kindness. And again, you know, never, never would think, uh, uh, abuse towards your daughter, but there's all kinds of abuse. And one of them could be verbal or mental because I could be a pain in the butt. Uh, we're on radio. I would say something else, but you told me basically tone it down and make sure, you know, you're always respectful to my daughter. And I never forgot that. And I still try to show that patience. But I want to share a story when Ronnie, <laughs> my brother-in-law went there. Yeah. You know, my brother-in-law Ronnie, he's a great guy, he's a police officer in New Canaan, Connecticut. We're going to have him on uh, the show uh, later this fall. Ronnie goes to ask for permission. He travels two and a half hours from Connecticut. You yeah. had worked overnight. Yeah. Uh, you know, again, you were always working to support your family and Ronnie calls me, he says, uh, Andrew, I'm at, the, I'm at the boss's house He's here, you know, I, 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 I think he's in the bedroom, you know. And now we never went in your bedroom, <laughs> ever. All the years I was at your house, we never went in there. And I said, Ronnie, you, you got to go in there and wake him up. And he said, I, I don't know, the boss, he's going to get mad, I can't. <laughs> I said, Ron, you went there to ask him for his, his daughter's hand in marriage, you got to wake him up. And he went in there and who and what? <laughs> but he had the, the you-know-what to go in there and yeah, wake you yeah. up. And I said, well, that was, that was good enough. Boss, let me, let's shift gears a little bit. Uh, you mentioned your mom, and uh, I know your mom uh, meant the world to you. She raised you and, and your five siblings. Tell me about you know some of the lessons that your mom taught you, and and uh, that you that you take with you today as a, as a parent and a grandparent. I think the kindness. She she loved everybody. You got you got the water there, boy. No, I'm fine. I'm fine. She, um, she would take, I mean, we had a, a pot to pee in, right? But she would take some of the homeless guys down the block. We had a junkyard down the block, and there was a couple. Of, and like around Thanksgiving or a Sunday or something like that, she'd have them over. And you had to see these guys. Normally, they're bummed, but they were clean, well-mannered individuals. They're just hard, hard times. And she used to take them in and feed them, you know, like. And I noticed the kindness that she gave everybody. When, like my friend, my, my older brothers brought a lot of friends over to the house. And then when my brothers weren't home, the friends would still come and say, well, they, they're not home. So well, we didn't come to see them. We come to see you, you know? So, and one guy, he was brazen. He put his, he took off his shoes and he put them on a coffee table. Oof. My mother threw them out. Oof. And he couldn't get back for a while. He apologized. I don't know how many times. But, you know, it's not much, but respect it. You know, and, and, and boss, we're going to talk about some of your interests and, and love. I know one of the loves you have is cooking. We both like to eat, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I know you love cooking. Where did did you develop that from your mom? And and where did you develop that love of cooking? Well. I wasn't smart enough to watch my mom cook. My brother was. I, I call him the chef, Tony. Uncle Tony. Yeah, yeah, it's fondly kind of, known as um, Uncle Dodo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how he got the name Dodo was my oldest niece, when she was 
I don't know, two or three years old, she couldn't pronounce Uncle Tony, and it came out Dodo, and you kept it, you know? So, as your daughter, uh, Andrew's daughter, oldest daughter, when she was young, she couldn't pronounce Grandpa, and she got guagua at her, so I'm a guagua, you know? <laughs> now, one of a kind, you know? But your brother watched your mom, but you did you learn from your mom that love of cooking? Uh, I wouldn't say the love of cooking. She knew how to cook. She was a great cook. But when she cooked, she cooked it on a coal stove. Mm. So you put a pot on the stove, you got to wait four or five hours for something to cook. Not like the gas stove, you know, you put it on. <laughs> old school. <laughs> the old school, man. But I tell you, when she made biscuits, she couldn't make them fast enough, man. Good makeup, <laughs> boss. So. We're uh, we're up against a break. We got to take a commercial break, but w- when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about leadership, your time in the Navy, and certainly uh, the skills you learned on the job. So we're going to take a break here. We're with Eugene Grimes. My name is Andrew Murata. This is Ed Leadership and Beyond: Surviving and Thriving. Please follow me on Twitter at Andrew Murata twenty one at Andrew Murata twenty one. We'll be right back. Poets often use many words to say a simple thing. It takes thought and time and rhyme to make a poem sing. With music and words I've been playing For you I have written a song To be sure that you'll know what I'm saying I'll translate as I go along And let me play among the stars Let me see what spring is like On Jupiter and Mars Poets often use many words to say a simple thing. It takes thought and time and rhyme to make a poem sing. With music and words I've been playing, for you I have written a song to be sure that you know what I'm saying I'll translate as I go along and welcome back everyone this is Andrew Murata I'm the principal at Port Jervis High School this is education leadership and beyond surviving and thriving it's our Father's Day special. 
Good morning to all the fathers out there and all the sons out there listening or daughters listening. Uh, and very happy today to have my father-in-law on, Mr. Eugene Grimes. Mr. Grimes, how do you like being on the radio? Oh, wonderful, Andrew. Thank you. We could we could talk all day. <laughs> oh, easy. Easy. <laughs> well, I want to shift gears a little bit, uh, boss. Okay. You served in the Navy and you worked at the Transit Authority as a supervisor for many, many years. Uh, I've seen you in so many different leadership roles, whether it's at the church, again, with your Transit Authority. Tell me about your leadership style, boss, and, and some of the lessons you learned in the Navy and uh, that kind of stuff. Tell me about your style. But the uh, in the Navy, uh, and when was, did, when did you serve, and where were you? Uh, 1966, I went into the Navy. Uh, I was in <clears throat> on a destroyer, USS Sumner, 692. I was on there for about two and a half years. Then I uh, we served at um, Vietnam over there in Saigon, and then I volunteered to. T- take an extra tour in Saigon, and I was stationed there for a year. So I, I basically worked on, the, they had the, they call the gunboats, they're small. They, they took the place of the PT boats. This is all fiberglass, and we had mechanics work on the engine. I worked on the impeller and the back end, and uh, I had it pretty up to shape, you know, and my boss, uh, he was a second-class uh, petty officer, and he said, we have to have a backlog, you know, stuff in store because you never know one. And sure enough, I had like six, at least six all the time in back. And well, the good thing about that, I was able to sleep in. I was, <laughs> everybody else had to get up at six o'clock in the morning. I, I got to seven, you know. <laughs> it helped a little. What, what made you want to go into the Navy, boss? What, what drew you there? Well, it was, I felt it was an obligation of being an American citizen, you know. Serve your country, you know, like you do certain parts, you know. Like I almost stayed in the Navy. And as you got it hooked up with your daughter, my daughter, I got hooked up with my wife. I yeah. met my wife at the right time, or else I would have been in the Navy, you know. Patricia and, McCafferty. Uh, yeah. Uh, talking about a lot of love there, a lot of love. 48 years you're married. We're going to talk about Mrs. Grimes in a little bit. Right. Uh and, and you know, thank you for your service and for all the servicemen that are out there. Uh, we certainly thank you. There's no greater leadership than serving and leading uh, in your country. So thank you for that, boss. Okay. Um, tell me about, again, after your time in the Navy, you got involved with the Transit Authority. Oh, and- yeah. Actually, you know, it's a funny story is my, my brother-in-law at that time, he, um, he got me a job. He says, go down. You have to take a test. Ah, I take a test. You know? I said, go ahead. I passed, you know. <laughs> so I, uh, I got a job, you know. I started as a helper, you know. You make uh, peanuts in the know? transit authority. In the transit, yeah. Okay. So when you're a helper, they put you with any trade. They put you carpenters, plumbers, masons, and everything. So I did the whole nine yards. Then I was uh, fortunate enough; I became a mechanic. I was a plumber by trade. And then um, I come around, you know, when you go for foreman. I uh, I really didn't think I was able to do it until these two individuals, I won't mention their names, but you're talking about two left-handed guys, and they, they couldn't do anything. They couldn't do plumbing, but they only wanted it for the money. They only wanted the job for the money. Because that's all you basically had to do. You tell somebody to do it, you know? So I said, what's wrong with me? I started judging myself. 
what's wrong with me? I says, uh, I, had a, I had a good boss. So he says, look, take the test. The only thing that can happen is you fail. And he was right. And uh, I had the same kind of attitude. So I, I passed. <laughs> the funny story is I beat those two guys out, you know. So uh, and then uh, I moved on and uh, worked as a foreman for X amount of years. And then I became a supervisor. Uh, they call them assistant superintendents. And just before I retired, I uh, was very fortunate. I became a project superintendent. And the last one of the last big jobs I did was at Broadway and Nassau. Ask my daughters about that. Mm, the emergency <laughs> uh, at yeah, Broadway yeah, and Nassau. The break-ins, right? So that job was $22 million, you know, and we had it for three years and got it done on, on budget and on time, you know. And this regular guy is working, you know. But, boss... You're a tough guy. I've I've only seen you kind of raise your voice maybe once or twice. You've earned the respect of your family, those around you, the men and women that worked for you and under you and with you. Tell me about your style, though. You have such a uh, I, unique I, style. Well, it's unique is that I treated people the way I would want to be treated. I seen other supervision, you know, like cursing this and that. For what? What are you going to do? You're just getting the guy aggravated. You think he's going to finish it any faster? You, know, you treat him like a human being, you know? And I had things where I had problems where I needed to do something on time and we didn't have the material. And the guys would come around and say, don't worry about it, Gene. We got you covered. Yeah. And I remember I needed this one piece of material. I forget what the material was. But we called all over the place. And we called this one shop that you have to call. And they knew I worked for this other boss. They didn't like the other boss. So I talked to one of the mechanics, the helpers he was. I said, hey, can you do anything? And he came through. And I, <laughs> I got the job done. You know? That's all that matters. You get the job done, you know. I mean, you're, you're respected and uh, you, you're just your style, your patience. We've built so many things. We had hats together. And Mr. Grimes, his, his brother Tony and myself, you know, we, we can make anything look better. These guys <laughs> can fix anything and he... He's incredible. Boss, we, we only have a few minutes left. Okay. You know, this show is about leadership. It's about fatherhood. It's about being successful in your life. You are married 48 years uh, to Mrs. Grimes, Patricia and Grimes. And, and she's still talking to me. And she's still talking. We're going to have dinner tonight. <laughs> what, what is your secret to having a successful marriage? All your nieces and nephews, I watched you guys Growing up, I've been with your family, my family now for 25 years, and they all look up to you and your wife. You've been the model uh, for us. What's, what's the secret? It, it's no secret. Everybody has it. You just don't use it. You have to have a common denominator, which is love. You start your marriage with love, and sometimes it may fade, but the bottom line is when you have your difficulties, that's the time to go back and say, why did I marry that other partner? It was basically full of, so you st and you make a commitment. It's like swearing to God. You, you can't back down. You know, like you got to follow through. We talked about commitment last week. You know, making a commitment something is greater than your feelings. So many people just give up on that. Oh yeah. You know, and and it's not all up. There's a lot of ups and downs. Yeah, that's you know, like marriage itself. You can have two types of marriages. You can have a merry-go-round that goes around, everything's sweet, nothing's. Or you can have the roller coaster, up and down. But you work through those up and downs. Sometimes they're fun when you're 
Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes it's difficult, but sometimes it's fun. I know you have a great trip coming up. Your wife is uh, a big fan of Elvis. You're going to be going to Memphis oh, yeah. in the Elvis not, competition not, in Graceland this summer. Yeah. All you have to do is put on an Elvis tune. She's she's like in the Twilight Zone. Right? She's right. <laughs> Last thing, I know they're I know they're at home listening. Uh, you know your grandchildren. You have uh, six grandkids. Wonderful. My grandkids. children, Claire, Matthew, and Tessa. Uh, they're at home listening, and uh, Riley uh, Gopal, uh, and, along with uh, Lucy and Liam Bentley. You want to give a shout-out to your grandkids here? Hi, kids. I love you, man. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's been a thrill for me, boss, having you on. And the next time, excuse me, the yes, next sir. time you come, I will make pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's been a thrill for me, uh, and and I am lucky as a young man to be so close to my my in laws. They're like my parents, uh, Eugene and Patricia Grimes. And uh, again, this show is about fatherhood, leadership, uh, and being better in your life. And Mr. Grimes, you are a great example of all of those. Um, so we're gonna head out to a break, Mr. Grimes. I appreciate you being on. This is Ed Leadership and Beyond: Surviving and Thriving. Follow me on Twitter at Andrew Murata 21 and again a big shout out to a Navy man, a great father, husband and a grandpa. He can fix anything. Eugene Grimes everyone. Thank you. Thank you. I was always trying to do everything he did. I can still remember every lesson he taught me growing up learning how to be like my old man Welcome back, everybody. My name is Andrew Murata. This is Ed Leadership and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. And that was Lou Rawls uh, playing for my father-in-law, Eugene Grimes. I could see him dancing on the dance floor at a wedding. He takes the salt shaker and puts it out there and makes a move. And his daughters have probably started cleaning the house now. That was their cleaning music <laughs> on Saturday morning. So, again, it was a thrill for me to have Mr. Grimes on here. So we're going to recap a few items from the show. Uh, and, and head off. Next week, our guest is going to be Mr. Thomas Bon Jovi. He is the superintendent at Port Jervis Schools as we head into graduation. So he'll be our guest next week on Ed Leadership and Beyond. Recap, this was a Father's Day show. Talked about my dad, Joe Murata, about your family, community, education, your faith and your church, and leading a healthy lifestyle. And, and my dad was an example of all of those uh, and it was great and uh, thrilled to, to talk about those. Uh, so this last portion of the show is a email portion. You can email me questions at andrew at com. That's andrew at com. Questions about leadership, questions about education. I am a high school principal at Port Jervis High School. 
And uh, we've got a lot of questions about things that happen at school. So as we are on the doorstep uh, to the summertime, this week's question is, what do administrators do in the summer? You're there for 12 months. School's getting out here the end of June. What do the administrators do in July and August? So to answer that question, what a great time for administrators in the summer. Uh, the kids have graduated. The freshman class could be coming in. And uh, it gives us a chance to reset everything. We roll over all the files, all the freshmen that move on to sophomores. Everything gets recoded and, and reset, and the clerical certainly is a great help with that. We do all of our hiring. Anybody who's retired or has left the district or changed positions, we do all the hiring. So think about that process from the interview, scanning the resumes to the interviews, to the board meetings, to getting the person hired and getting them acclimated. All of that has to hire. Um, we plan for next year. Each year, is, it's very cyclical, and we, and we plan for next year, and uh, we get our points of emphasis. We review what worked, what didn't work, and, and, and what we're going to do better next year. Uh, we look at certainly test scores and, and numbers and, and uh, those type things to plan for next year, using data to help us. So think about it as if a train has been on a long journey, 10 months, and finally the train is pulled into the station. We're going to reload everything. We're going to oil up the wheels. We're going to add coal to the old coal burner, and uh, we're going to set out on another journey in September. So that's a great chance for us, the captains, uh, the administrators, to reload, refresh, uh, gather our thoughts, certainly do some professional development for ourselves and, and get ready. So the last thing I'd like to do is uh, I'll leave you with a quote. Again, this was a Father's Day show, and um, I was happy to talk about my dad, Joe Murata, as well as have my, my, my other father on, Mr. Grimes, Eugene Grimes. So I'll leave you with a quote. My dad used to say, SPS to me, self-praise stinks. Anytime I, I, I tried to celebrate something maybe a little too much or uh, certainly talking about myself, he would tell me SPS. And I tell my children that there's certainly a fine line between celebrating something and being proud about it versus bragging about it and showing off. And, and I learned that lesson to be humble and, and to be quick. And one last quick story. I remember getting my name in the paper as a, as a young basketball player and I'd be so excited. I'd run to my dad's pharmacy. I'd say, Dad, look. My name's in the paper, and he'd look at me and he'd say, Andrew, you know what? That's great, but that newspaper is going to be on the bottom of someone's birdcage tomorrow. <laughs> so you know what's going on in that newspaper. <laughs> and it made me realize, hey, tomorrow's another day and we're going to move on. So uh, again, to all the fathers out there, to all the men in the military, uh, especially the Navy, I thank you. Uh, this show is about being a great father. And, and leadership, et cetera, et cetera. This is Ed Leadership and Beyond, surviving and thriving. Very happy to be here. Follow me on Twitter, Andrew Murata21. Email your questions in, Andrew Murata at NeverSinkMediaGroup.com. And check out my dad's video on YouTube, Joe Murata Marathon. A tribute to all the fathers out there. And Mr. Grimes, you're the best. Thanks for being on. Thank you. Go out, everyone. Change the world for the better. Take care.